Okay, we just want to give you a fair warning. This episode is um, about child abuse, which is a pretty sensitive um, topic. So just as a heads up, as a trigger warning, this episode does cover topics surrounding child abuse and neglect. Everybody can succeed. All you need is to believe. Be honest with yourself. Forget your business. Welcome to Everybody Wants Something, a Degrassi Junior High podcast where two black millennials deep dive into a Canadian teen drama from the 80s, because why not? I'm your host, Sonique. And I'm your other host, Lauren. Let's get started. All right. We are back for episode four, y'all. Y'all. I'm Sonique from Maryland, y'all. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be relatable. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to be hashtag relatable. <laughs> okay. But yeah, how are you doing, Lauren? I'm doing swell. I'm glad it's the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I am uh, currently drinking a glass of wine. It's rosé, but I'm going to admit this isn't my wine. It was my mom's wine. And it tastes like <laughs> sugar. <laughs> like <laughs> It's disgusting. I feel like mom's wines always just like... Actually, no. I was going to say it tastes like sugar. My mom actually likes dry wine, but it's like cheap dry wine so like you will have a headache tomorrow morning the other day she's like oh can you buy me a bottle of wine and i was like what do you want and she's like rosé but not like too dry and i'm like okay so like a sweet (laughs) rosé and i was like okay it can't be that bad because i was like thinking of like a moscato but this just tastes like they add sugar syrup to it so that i probably (laughs) i think that's true with my mom too because less with the wine Mm -hmm. but um like i'm a beer drinker and she doesn't drink beer that much but she's been like taking my suggestions more often. Like when she comes to visit from home, I'll like, you know, because her typical beer will be like a Heineken or a Corona, hey. which is like nothing wrong with that, but just like kind of like classic like mom <laughs> beer, right? And I'm like, oh, like I'll try to show her like <laughs> craft beers. I'm like, oh, like, you know, like, like when I'm doing like, oh, you want like a Three Floyds or like I'll try to teach her like, like, hey, do you want to tr- try like an IPA mom? She's like, this tastes like hops. <laughs> she's like, so hot, too many hops. <laughs> But um, I am drinking a Three Floyds. Um, it's gone ball head. It's a wheat beer. Um, we were just talking about it before we started recording. But it's brewed in Indiana, which is like a – it's not local per se because it's Indiana and I'm in Chicago. But I've been trying to make a point, though, just in general when I drink beers, to drink beers that are brewed in the state I'm in or at least like adjacent to. Supporting local businesses, Yeah. Like, it's the least I can do because I'm, like, a trash person otherwise. So it's, like, if I can just try to make the world a better place by the beer I drink, then I think I'm doing my job. Yeah, I've been trying to do that more, too. But I think for the most part, like, most of, like, outside of, like, Bud Lights and, like, like your your kind of, like, non-commercial type beers at the store now, they try to do cover or sell, like, more local stuff, I think. At least in the same. Yeah. Like, with it, like, you know, two states away kind of vicinity i've definitely noticed that more because i feel like when i like in high college and stuff drinking beer i didn't see that but nowadays it's like and i might, I might also be biased because like where i live it's just there's a lot of beer brewing brewing happening just in the midwest so it's, there's like it's everywhere yeah. but i feel like generally speaking you're seeing more and more places carry like stuff yeah in home so i think that's yeah. nice i like that but how are you doing sonique I'm doing all right. Um, I just came out of an existential crisis after my 27th birthday. Also, happy belated birthday to Sonique. Thank you. Almost a, a week ago? A little less than a week ago? Almost a week ago. About a week ago? Um, yeah. 
Wow, Lauren, you're so talented. <laughs> but, you know, I had like a bit of a struggle post-birthday, but your bitch is back. I watched some Drag Race. Mm. The only, me- I mean, not the only medicine you need, but like the, like <laughs> some good medicine. It's very, need. it's very important. I watched Drag Race. I set my pussy up. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm here, bitches. Like, try to come for me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to be light right now because this episode was, um, I think the first one we've watched so far that was like, Ew. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a happy-go-lucky, hey, it's Canada in the 80s kind of mentality, but that's, that's what we expect out of Degrassi, you know? Yeah, I mean, like we said in the beginning, episode one, that Degrassi started off as an after-school special, and after-school specials tackle like serious topics. It's not just, oh, I'm going to a dance. Sometimes it's like, abuse sometimes it's assault or eating disorders or you know addiction like that those things happen excuse me those things do happen on Degrassi so this episode is called the cover-up it was aired on February 8th 1987 weird fact I just happened to just look at the calendar from 1987 because I was curious what day that Degrassi was airing on Sunday nights oh isn't that weird that is weird because Degrassi, we, we used to be air on Friday nights. So I was like, Sunday, okay. Oh, I guess it was like, maybe they didn't have like prime, it was the 80s, so they didn't have like those like prime time stuff like they well, do now. My theory, my theory is I think because Degrassi kind of does have that like, at least from the 80s, the Degrassi we watched later felt more teen drama-ish. I feel like because this this show was more like, we're trying to teach you a lesson. I figured they chose Sunday because it was a night that your parents could watch with you. Oh, yeah, probably. And then, like, maybe you'll talk about... Because remember a lot of, like, those yeah. very special episodes from shows, they'd be like... They would tell you in the beginning, like, you know, hey, like, this is the episode you're going to be watching. Mm-hmm. Like, watch it with your kids, and you guys can talk about the topics. I think that's what they were going yeah, for. Yeah, I think so, too. And then once they got to our generation, they were just like, fuck it. Watch whatever you want. It was like... <laughs> Who cares? It's just like, just watch, like, fucking, just watch a school shooting. Don't talk to anyone about it. Like, don't process it. Just Put like, it in your live journal or like on a Facebook status. Because I was only watching like a school shooting and had no one to talk to you about it. Like, it was like, okay, ooh, fuck. Like, so... Especially in a post Columbine, oh like, America. So it was just, that's like real. Yeah. Like, that happens. Yeah. Like, this is scary. But anyway, um, so this episode, um, very short synopsis on Wikipedia. Joey inadvertently helps his friend Rick when he discovers that Rick's dad beats him. And this is our first time we actually, I think, really met Rick. Yeah. We've seen him, but we, we actually named him mm-hmm. and saw Rick in this episode. Yeah. So the first episode, do you guys, do you want to just jump right in? Or the first scene? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Um, Yeah. So the first scene um, before the theme song was Rick and his dad in their house. Um, And just kind of like the setup to begin with, like the house is kind of a little bit disheveled, like not super pristine. Mm-hmm. In an obvious way for a TV show, they're trying to make it seem like this something something's awry in this house, you know? What I was going to add yeah. with like a weird TV trope that happens a lot is that to show that where someone's living is like not the best neighborhood they have sirens in the background oh my gosh, yes i've noticed this in a lot of shows which is weird because if you live like like i live in chicago my neighborhood's fine but like i hear sirens all the time i live near i live near a hospital though so i hear <laughs> sirens all the time because i'm literally hospital like six blocks away yeah. so it's like it's a funny indicator i feel like in tv of like this neighborhood is bad yeah it's like you no know, sirens just go off sometimes. exactly yeah even even here in the suburbs we hear it too as well Right. So, but anyway, sorry, continue. No, yeah, I mean, it was just, 
kind of right off the bat they were like ooh, yeah like i because i honestly like i think even my first start this episode i vaguely remembered this episode like vaguely vaguely mm-hmm. i think most of it i was just like i kind of knew just the setup of the apartment his dad just was going through something something and i was like oh he's on edge yeah. all the time because then like like what sets up the fight he yeah it's it's, it's so like it's so confusing because it's just like it's literally this man is just so volatile that literally rick can win yeah anything would set him off it's like he's like fucking crazy like i don't know he's crazy as shit what was it that like made him the argument started so like he's so the dad mentions like oh i'm looking for a job so i guess he's unemployed or whatever he sees rick reading a magazine and he's like oh like where'd you get that he's like oh did your brother frank give it to you and i guess him and frank had a falling out and rick's like no it's not so he's like oh you stole it he's upset he's like no like i bought it like i i I turned in some cans and got money and then he's like oh you think money grows on trees and now he's mad i'm like you little this kid could literally not do anything right right." like you got mad at him for three or four separate situations that all contradict each other, but you're just like on high. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, calm down. It was so. Like, he's fishing upsetting. for an argument. Yeah, he's fishing for an argument. Basically, because like the kid's just minding his own business. Like, he could have said like, "Oh yeah, my friend lent it to me," and he'd be pissed off. Exactly. Like, he's just pissed always. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, what gets him heated, but I guess um, Rick said something, like, like the dad said something, and Rick talks mm-hmm. back at him, and then that's what, like, you know. Yeah, he kind of just, the dad just lunged at him, and and then they take that really low down point, and then they jump right into the theme music, going to school with the grass. <laughs> okay, so, this is the hard part about this show, is, like, okay, so... You watched Buffy. Oh, yes. The Vampire mm-hmm. Slayer. Yeah. And, okay, I'm going to do a spoiler alert for Buffy right now. So if you list or have not seen Buffy, Press like... skip button a few times. Skip a few times because I'm going to spoil something. It's kind of like when um when Buffy's mom dies. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the show is silent. But then after she realizes her mom is definitely, like, dead on the couch, they then jump into the theme song. And that theme song is, like, rocking, right? <laughs> so it's like... Oh my god, can we not? Like, Why can't they just take a break from the theme song that week and just like do like a silent like with Degrassi Junior High? Like no background music. Right? I'm wondering, is there a contract somewhere <laughs> where like if you have a theme song you have to use it? Because it's <laughs> it like when it's right after like literally like this man like lunges at his son and like begins to beat him and then we get up in the morning. It's like no, like like oh my gosh please don't play this music right now and also interesting thing they did um it was like a small detail Mm -hmm. like i guess the shout out to like the makeup and costume department when the dad lunges at rick rick like brings his arm up to block and you notice there's a bruise on his Uh arm so it's kind of like oh like this has happened before yeah like that's from his dad too Mm. and it was a little thing i was like okay like degrassi um degrassi's not you know you know they know what they're doing they know it's the little things you know all right it's little things. I'm like, oh, I'm impressed by that. Yeah. So well, we go off from the high of the theme song. We go back down into the trenches <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> There's, it comes in waves. I, I mean, maybe they're, they're doing that for a reason. Like, especially as a young kid, like you don't want to be like, what did I just see? And then you're like, I need some excitement. Okay, we're back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need some like levity. Yeah. Like. Which is because why you get like the bullshit B B story, but it's still just like yeah. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a doom and gloom type of broad. Yeah. 
But sometimes I'm like, I'm okay with us just sitting in the feeling and just like letting us feel it. I don't need to, I don't need you to give me a funny moment. It's like, it's okay. We can just like feel this and like deal with it and then go through it. I'm the same way too, but I like, I literally hadn't thought about it until just now. I'm like constantly having to remind myself this is like a show for teenagers <laughs> and, like, and teen, but also like kids exactly. too. It's not even just te- they're like. I'm pretty sure the demographic for Degrassi when it was airing was like 11 to like 14. Yeah, so like still pr- pretty young kids. Like you know, old enough to get the themes, but like still young enough that there are kids. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, so. We're- <laughs> <laughs> Just like constantly, like that should have that should have been the theme song they use. Just like Lauren, just like <laughs> here we go. Let's get on with it. Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we go. We're outside of school. Like always, like everyone rushing to school because no one apparently comes to school on time when the bell rings. And nope. was this when Joey falls outside? Yeah, of course he does. And I was fucking happy. I was like, here you eat shit, <laughs> Joey. I hate you. Also, like, he, like, flew across the yard. He was just riding a skateboard. And not even going that mm. fast. I was like, how, how sway? Like, how did you fly that whatever? You know what? Actually, no, I'm happy you flew that far. I hate you, Joey. <laughs> Go right to the moon. But yeah, he falls and hits uh, hits his head. And he's mm-hmm. like, and the Miss Radish, Mr. Radish comes over. He's like, Mr. Jeremiah, what's going on here, kids? Kind of, you know. Which you also would think Mr. Radish would have learned something from the last episode of like picking out, picking he on He does kids? not give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Mr. Radish, we had this conversation. Like, stop picking on kids. Like, they don't like it. He literally was not like, are you okay? Is anything broken? Are you conscious? He was like, you're in trouble. Go to the nurse and then go to the principal. Yeah, I don't care why he was in trouble. I'm like, he... <laughs> yeah maybe there is like some rules about skateboarding Are skateboards yeah. not allowed he just fell like you fucking fascist in the words of lucy <laughs> like you're fascist like leave this boy <sighs> alone but um we that happens and we have like um you know caitlin and i did not know her name until the end i was like who's this little her yeah, friend i don't know her name's Susie. Oh, Susie. She looks like a Susie. And I'm upset, too, because she's in the only she's the only other, like, black, like, named character we have. And I was like, I should know mm. your name. I'm so sorry. But Caitlin and her friend Susie, they're, like, standing and like, oh, like, Rick's really cute. And, like, watching him from afar. And, like, oh, like, I think Rick has probation. Like, he gets in fights. That's why he has bruises. Ugh. So, like, other kids notice the bruises and they're just like, oh, he's just a bad boy. And I'm like, no his dad hits him and that's so upsetting yeah it's like that kind of idea of like ooh, the bad boy at school like what mysterious things has he gone through in life you know which is like so weird that we have that like idea i think even to adulthood you're like weird he's like mysterious because usually it's like no he's just he's just steeped in trauma yeah. like it's really just this person is had a has had a life that you don't want any part of yeah. or at least you would not want to experience more you know to correct myself but like yeah, also, okay, this is, like, a weird thing to notice. He has no backpack. Yeah, he doesn't. There's so many things where I'm, like... Ugh. I don't know why I noticed that, but whenever I watch, t- t- like, school shows and kids show about a backpack, I'm, like, so what are you going to do at okay, school? Okay, but honestly, like, I definitely knew people at school that showed up. Or... With no backpack? Yes. They would just show up to class with, like, like no paper, no pencil, and they would have to ask someone for a single piece of loose-leaf paper and a pen every day in class. But looking back on it, I'm, like... Again, why does this person not have a backpack or anything with them, you know? But, you know, now I think about it with like, the theme that we're getting in this episode. I mean, there's probably a lack of resources. Exactly, yeah. Because I'm sure for, I, 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 I just spoke from a point of privilege. Of, like, where's your backpack? You don't have school supplies. And it's like, 
Well, we already saw that Rick is probably really poor. Like, Rick probably doesn't have those yeah. things. And I'm just thinking, like, everyone has a backpack. And it's like, not everybody has that. One. I mean, that's definitely how I thought, like, I mean, not that long ago of, I think now yeah. I'm like, I, in, you know, hindsight is 2020 where you're like, oh, yeah, like, these are the reasons why. But in middle school and high school, you're just like, who is this loser? Like, get yourself together. School's not that hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just bring something to class every day. But then you think about, like, Okay, well, they obviously don't have a parent that's worried about them bringing a backpack to school or things that they need for school. And that's a, that's a thing. That's like I think people like when we watch episodes like this about like abuse. I think people focus so much on what is like just like physical abuse and like beating. Mm-hmm. And also, part of it goes with this ne- neglect and just like your parent just not supplying you with things or just being aware. Mm-hmm. Like one of the I was a man. I've been a mandated reporter um, a few times in like different jobs I've had. If you don't know what yeah, that I don't is, know what that uh, is listener. I sound a listener, but also it's a lawyer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, mandated reporter. Cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> but like a mandated reporter is basically someone who if they um, – you're, t- you're basically trained in being able to tell signs of abuse and neglect uh, for children. And if you witness it, you're supposed to report it. Uh, like you have to report it. So like I did that. I worked on like a research study where I work with like kids and like do like home visits yeah. before. I also worked with refugees at one point that. and like yeah. that was kind of part of the job is like if I notice that there's something happening at home, I have to speak up because there are consequences mm-hmm. if you're a manual reporter and you wouldn't say you didn't yeah, say you're anything. liable. Like you're you're liable because you saw it. That was one of the signs is that kid you I think people don't realize with like exa- like a signs of abuse besides like bruises, like, oh they've been beaten. It's also like kids showing up without certain supplies to school can be an indicator a child going to school without a coat Mm -hmm. like if it's the dead of winter and they just don't have a coat on it's like yeah is there someone at home because i know i had a mom who like put your coat on put your scarf on put your hat like if you have a parent who are checked in and who like care about or do our parenting they will tell you you need this they'll make sure you have a backpack they'll make sure you have this they'll make sure you're equipped to go into the world and unfortunately a lot of kids do exist and their parents either are not around or just are not checked in and they kind of just show up so maybe that was more of a sign they were trying to give us that rick has like a neglectful dad as opposed to just like being poor i don't know it could be a mixture of both but i noticed it it could be a mixture of both yeah so So, (laughs) sorry this episode's just like oh god damn it i feel like we need we need to find like some like up some, like upbeat upbeat like transition music be like and then like so the next uh scene <laughs> like, i mean the funny thing is i have no trouble making jokes about all kinds of scenarios mm-hmm. but there's just like there's one thing to laugh in the context of degrassi being a silly show another thing to like i'm gonna laugh at a be- like, it oh heck funny? no like, it's yeah not funny. like shit's like it's fucked up and it's real yeah, and that happens exactly it's like people every day so um What's the next scene? Um, so Jeremiah is sent to the office um, to go talk to the mm. principal. The unfaith the mm-hmm. the the voice without a face principal so far. What is his name? Is Mister? I, I wish I'd written down. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, he's. We just hear him over the intercom a lot, yeah. but it's the same voice. And I was like, "Who's this man? Do we ever see him?" <laughs> yeah, it's like um, <laughs> the voice of God just throughout the school. <laughs> but yeah, he sent. Yeah, yeah, he goes to the office and like he lies about his injuries. he lies every every time someone asked him about also can we talk about okay he fell off his skateboard and literally just like did a long trip and fell onto the grass but somehow he got a cut on his forehead and a black eye from falling on the grass like what kind of grass is in canada Can, canadian grass is like <laughs> fucking it's actually canadian grass is just fists 
like, <laughs> you fall on it. It's just gonna hit you because in the face. It, it's just like obviously with as the scenes go on, like his black eye gets worse and worse, and I'm like, you okay? You're not the one being abused here. And you somehow you have a really bad black eye from falling on the grass. I don't get it. Yeah, it's not like your injuries are worse. I know. Though we do see like we do see Rick with like, kind of like a little bit of a black eye. He's a little he's got a little like cookie yeah. on his face. But like, yeah, how was he so fucked up from falling off his skateboard? Who knows? Is he anemic or something? Was he <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Or was he not smart enough that when he was falling to like, use his arms to block on, his fall? Break your like, arm like, first. Face- come on now. He's like, Oh, I'll break my fall with my face. Like, no, like put your arms up, kid. Like, come on. Like, that's what they're there for. Catch your reflexes. Fall. <laughs> come on. You weren't really carrying anything. Like <laughs> get your arms. Remember up. your books and everything else flew off when you flew off your skateboard. Like amateur. Seriously. Fucking amateur. Never times I've fallen down in my life. Actually not that many. Not my adult life. I'm very poised. No, I'm not. I f- fall constantly. <laughs> I've seen you fall. Yeah. Once. You know, it's just it's my it's my niche. It's my thing. It's your thing. It's like it, Lauren. You're basically just like living in a rom com because <laughs> one of these days you'll fall and you'll have a meet cute because of that fall. Like, <laughs> That's how oh, come. my books because I'm still carrying books as an adult. No, every every time Lauren falls, she goes, "Oh, my books." <laughs> She's she meets my, a British man. My meet cute is going to be from, like, similar to the Goonies, when that one chick with the glasses, she, like, falls. She's like, my glasses. I can't see without my glasses. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that? Are you mixing No, it, it is a literal quote from the Goonies when they're in the, like, they're in the underground cave. And they're, like, it's, oh, like, really dark. Okay. And then the one chick who's, like, the third wheel for the older to, we're getting so off topic but you guys need to know this no also we can't just talk about child abuse all day we need to like talk exactly. about other things so in the goonies 80s childhood wonderful movie they're in the underground like cave searching for treasure and they there's like the, these all the young kids like in elementary school and then like the older high schoolers and there's a couple and a third wheel and a third wheel chick mm-hmm. She has, like, these massive Vula-sized glasses, and she drops them, and someone, like, steps on them, I think, or... I also just realized you said Vula-sized glasses. I, I hope I hope that Warby Parker has a pair of glasses that's called Vula. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Big as fuck. They need that. <laughs> they need that yesterday. But, yeah, so that's gonna be my meet cute. I'm just gonna fall, drop... Someone's gonna step on my glasses, and be like, my glasses! I dropped my glasses! And they'll be like, Goonies. And I'm like, marry me. That's how it's gonna work. Okay, that's very cute, but when you say, like, I can't see without my glasses, I think about my girl. Oh, yeah, that's that <laughs> part, Macaulay yeah. Culkin, and it bums down. She's like, he can't see without his glasses! I'm like, oh, fuck, man, he's dead! Like, <laughs> it's like... It's too late. I think that was that was a movie I watched where I realized that like, my friends could die. I was just like, this is upsetting. Like, yes. Like, why did anyone tell me before I made friends that they could die one day? <laughs> if I'd known that, I would have never made friends. And I didn't I didn't know that they died. Like, I remember I saw that later in life, and I just saw the previews, and I was like, this looks like such a cute, happy movie. No, it's super sad. No. Nothing can save you in that movie. Dan Aykroyd can't save you. Jamie Lee Curtis can't save you. They're great in that movie, but still very depressing. Much like this episode of Depressing. (laughs) Let's get back to it. It was a nice segue, wasn't it? There was a clip with, it was like two classrooms, but there was one classroom with, with Caitlin and Susie. 
and they're like basically somehow staring at Rick and not and he didn't realize that they were staring at them in a classroom. And they're like, oh my gosh, he looks so sad. We need to make him laugh. Do you remember that? Yes. I do. And I'm wondering, like, I guess it's like they mean well and they're children. But I also was thinking, like, don't try don't try to force people to smile. Like, you don't know what's going on. With the, maybe because I'm just, like, super protective of Rick now and I know what happened. I'm like, you, don't you can't force him. him. You don't know him like I do. <laughs> like, like, leave him alone. Yeah. Like, stop trying to make him smile. But they're like, yeah, like, it's going to be our mission to make him laugh or make him smile. And I'm like, guys. But like when I when they saw that, I was just like, oh, they are so innocent and they still so much in their innocence that like they literally just think that he needs to laugh to feel better. And that mm-hmm. was like it like the contrast between them and Rick. I was just like, wow. Like you guys live a very different life than what Rick lives. But yeah, it just was like they I thought I thought it was really cool because they were just like so gung ho about like, yeah, like throughout the episode they're like Mm -hmm. we're gonna make him laugh like this is our mission and i just thought that was really sweet but it was just kind of like oh no you don't it's no it's not gonna work and he he needs more than that he needs more than like a bullshit knock knock joke (laughs) right also has anyone ever laughed at a knock knock joke um maybe a dad or like the first knock knock joke ever that one person that told the first knock knock joke he it was just his thing and now everyone stole it and now it's just overkill and we don't even know who he is who made up the first knock knock joke because that guy needs a plaque yeah you know you know the first guy who like did a knock knock joke got laid oh yeah for sure i bet you because like i'm sure when he did they like were like what take me now Like, can you imagine? Okay, imagine this. Listener, like, go on this trip with me right now. What if you could time travel, right? Time travel, like, could be cool just in general for a lot of reasons. I know, you want to kill Hitler. Like, it's not going to happen. He had a lot of guards. Like, everyone thinks they could just kill Hitler going back in time. It's not going to (laughs) happen. But, like, let's say you can go back in time. Like, can you imagine how cool it would be to go back in time and then be able to, like, quote movies that haven't come out and people think you're fucking genius or, like, make jokes that haven't been made yet and people think, like, this is the funniest, most creative person. Ever. Well, have you seen that preview for that movie? The Beatles? Yes. I intend to watch it. I've not seen it, but that basically, like, what if you could just like, and be like, yeah, I, I have this whole like catalog of amazing music. Like, and I wrote it all myself. Like, that's good. I hate, I hate to think that like, I'm so selfish that when I think of time travel, I just want to do selfish shit. Like, I'm just going to make Citizen Kane in 1920. Anyone that, that doesn't think that way is a liar. Yeah, like, like, no, I'm gonna like help the poor and like stop world war everywhere. We like lies. I'm like, no, I'm gonna go back to like 1950. I don't know, do the sweaty balls bit, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and that is what needs to happen. Or like, I just want to do stupid shit and like before, like somehow meet the guy that started Nike and the Nike swoosh and then make them change it to swish in the reverse way. (laughs) (laughs) Has that been bothering you your whole life? Like it really should, it really should be the other way. Or just be like, you know what, Adidas, I think we should make it four stripes instead of three or like, you know, just like signature things that are iconic and then just like slightly change them. And then I'm the only one that knows it. I would go back to 1970 and then pitch Sister Act and I'll be Whippy Goldberg in it. Man, so many things. I would do so many like just shitty things for people's career. Basically just stealing <laughs> people's careers, essentially. Like, not you, it's me. <laughs> I'm the star here. We'll be right back after a quick break. Hey. 
So anyway, um, back to this very sad episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, pho- photo day is coming up. Yes, it is. Um, so that's what also happens in the classroom. Joey is talking to the black kid who is unnamed, I think. But I feel like he shows up multiple times yeah. throughout the show, and I do not know what his name is. He's not BLT. I remember that character who shows up later. Yeah, but I think he's he's probably named in a later episode. But yeah, he's talking to him about like what they're gonna <laughs> what they're gonna wear to picture day, and like you gonna dress up again this year? And he's like, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna wear my jean jacket. Yeah. Like this fucking jean jacket is so important to Joey. Also, he lies again in the classroom. He yeah. lies about his fucked up mug. To the girls. He's like, oh, Stephanie, someone said you were the second best president. I had to fight him. Like, shut up. Joey, <laughs> why does anyone talk to him? <laughs> How do you have friends? I want to know. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so he wants his jean jacket. Like, big deal. Yeah. Joey. He, like, goes, it's, like, kind of like the after school scenes. Joey goes home and his mom is home. Both of his parents are home. Where I'm like, shoot, you are privileged. Both your parents are home after school? Like, so was is Joey's mom a maid? I don't know. She like because she said she said like oh my job got canceled. I decided to clean here instead. And I was like wait so were you gonna clean somewhere else? Like I I, I don't know if it's like a weird just the way it was worded. But I was like wait is she is she a cleaning lady? I think she's just like it's like such a vague like so what's your what are these jobs like <laughs> are you with the mob like. Is Joey's mom a prostitute? Like, she, like, oh, my trick, the trick canceled. Cleaning so is just code for something else, you know? <laughs> hey, cleaning. Hey. <laughs> what do you think about this scene? I wrote, what did I write? I wrote that Joey's mother is the sweetest woman. Right? She came home. Okay, first off, my mom never cleaned my room. Exactly. I was also pretty, I was good at cleaning my room. But, like, my mom made it very clear that, like, your job is, like, you need to clean your room. And she saw my room and she was like, clean it. That's why I never, I never got this about movies and TV shows when someone, like, parents, like, the kid would just refuse to clean his room where he kept on putting it off and then they would eventually clean it. And I'm like, where was this in my life? Because it didn't exist. The only time my mother's cleaned my room for me is, like, when I went away to college and I was coming home and she straightened up the room for me to stay Yeah. Otherwise, I think that was more just like, my baby's coming home, I'm excited. But otherwise, if I was just in high school and and she was like, Sunique, clean your room. And I just was like, no. She would just yell at me. She would, I just get yelled at. Like. That's what I thought about this whole scene. I was just like, I don't I don't know what kind of like parenting child relationship they have. This is not my experience. Like he, I don't think he was talking from like privilege. I think he just like. No, he's a spoiled Yeah, guy. he was just spoiled. They spoiled the shit out of him. And like kid. they clean his room. Like they like do all this stuff. And then he just gets so mad and frustrated about the smallest stuff. And I'm like. Bro, you need to calm down now. Though I will say, I don't, I wouldn't have flipped out. I'm very particular about where things go in my room. Because I like to know where stuff is. I wouldn't have liked my mom to clean my room, honestly. Because I would be like, ew, I don't know where anything is. But I think it would have been just like an internal like, I don't know where anything is. As opposed to like, are you kidding me? You moved, you cleaned my room? Mom, you cleaned my room? You washed my clothes? You mended my shitty clothes? Like, no. I would be like, wow, thanks, mom. You're so nice. Yeah. But Joey's an asshole. He really is. And he he says it's child abuse that they did this to him. I'm just like... Uh, Joey, if only you knew. How dare you say that this episode, Joey? How dare you? If only you knew that Rick's being abused. Mm. No way. I hate him. Joey's the worst. He really is. 
and um joey's mom is like she's clean she's done the laundry she's done all of this and she's like oh there's a hole in this pair of jeans let me patch it she also wears like a duster thing so that means she's always cleaning so she decides to patch up this these whatever denim on denim and joey was like canadian tuxedo (laughs) denim was like or joey was like um like oh my gosh mom that's my favorite jacket she's like this thing was falling apart you don't need it like a mom she was being a mother and he's like i can't i can't wear a new jacket he'll look like a broom head I'm like, shut the fuck up, Joey. <laughs> also, thank you for using Broomhead, though. All right, so we end up back at school at this point. Yeah, the next day. And, yeah, and of course, Joey is still complaining about literally nothing. About his mom being kind. He just, he just loves <laughs> to tell stories over and over again, I think. He's that person who will just tell you the same story over and over. And it's, like, super awkward because he's talking about how he's being abused. And it's in front of Rick, who, like, is actually being abused yeah. versus joey's perceived slight by his angel of a mother she's a saint basically in my book yeah i thought it was funny that uh joey walked by he's like kind of just talking loudly so i can hear but he's only having a conversation with the one unnamed black kid and mm-hmm. rick is like i think he kind of like perks up to like child abuse you too and then he realizes like oh no he's bullshitting me and but then he turns it to a hustle and is like oh so you need a new jean jacket I got you, boo. I can sell Rick it. Rick is a hustler. Yeah. Also, Rick is like, okay, like not to be like inappropriate, but like weirdly muscular. The kid is like weirdly ripped. He's like a 12 year old. I know. Cause he has, <laughs> what? yeah, he's like wearing, I think for most of the episode, he's wearing like cut off tees yeah. with his like arms exposed. Again, it, like, I feel like that was just very much like the kind of like casting for like the tough boy attitude. Like you needed to have muscles. Oh, and I think they mentioned it. He was, he either like was held back or had to stay back a year. He was, yeah, he flunked out like I think his year. So yeah, he is, he's a Sean Cameron basically. Like Sean also, mm, Sean they ooh have do you, I follow him on Instagram. No, but I I was just looking at his Instagram the other day and I started following him and I was like, how do you look so freaking good? Like, oh my Sean gosh. Sean is so cute. I'm also, I'm so upset that Drake, like, shaded him and did not invite him to. He's, Jimmy is still jealous. Like, he's still, something happened with him, between him and I, whoever the actor is. Like, because I don't understand how, like, you have a Degrassi, like, reunion. And you don't invite, invite fucking Sean. You invite Emma. You have to invite Sean. Sean, Sean Emma. <sighs> Sema, that was a thing. Are you fucking kidding me? He's so fine. He's like a journalist now. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. He's a little dimple. He's a little dimple. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I know the same feeling. <laughs> the same feeling I got like when I would see him on Degrassi Next Generation. I saw the other day. I was looking at his Instagram and I was like, Oh my gosh, you have not changed. You've only gotten better, like an aged one. Remember, I remember this one moment. Um, so I remember a friend of mine, um, Megan. In high school, who I'm sure you remember Megan. Megan yeah, I'll let it out. Okay. We went to, a, I'll never forget, this was a football game. And it was like the first football game of the season. And then that same night they were airing the first season. I don't know what season it was, but like of Degrassi. So like, okay, we're going to go watch the game. And I'm going to come to your house and we're going to watch the show, yeah. right? And it was like, it was the season when Sean came back. I remember Sean left yeah. and Sean like came back and he was he was hot as hell. And I remember, like, 16-year-old me, like, words upset. Whenever he showed up on the screen, screaming, because it was, like, it was Sean. And, like, oh, my God. But there's one moment where, like, he and Emma kiss, and he, like, bit her oh lip. Oh, my gosh. I remember and that. Was, oh, 
sexual awakening. I didn't know that, could, that you could do that. <laughs> I saw, I was like, oh my God, what? Like, you could just bite someone's lip. And I was like, oh my God, it's hot. I know it was hot until now. Sean. Sean Cameron was a big part of like my sexual he was, awakening. He was part of so many people's sexual awakening. Because I feel like he wasn't like, I mean, he's hot, but it wasn't like. Intimidating. And it wasn't like the like standard, like, here's the hot guy in the show. But uh-huh. he was so freaking hot. He was like a bad boy. Remember his like Eminem face with like the hood, the hoodie and like BD? Like, get. Oh my goodness. Oh Is it hot God. here or what? Jeez. I know, I know. I feel like drinking beer. It's like, whew, Sean Cameron, I do declare. Yes, Ricky Vest. Yeah, we're in no way saying that Rick is as hot because Rick is a no. child, but I'm just saying, like, that he's the character in this direction. He was the prototype of what Sean yes. would become because Sean had a very, very parallel, I think, storyline, like abuse mm-hmm. and just kind of like the outsider bad kid. I was just like, good for you, Ricky, like making a hustle. Like, like you better mm-hmm. scam this, 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 uh, oh my gosh, I just want to call him Jeremiah Joey. Who cares what his name is? Who hate, we hate him. <laughs> yes, Rick is making that coin. That coin? Okay, he's like, listen, I got a jacket. You want it? I'm like, yes. I got what you want. What you need? You gotta. You want an acid wash? You want a black <laughs> denim? You want a light denim? What you got? What you got? I have all the. I have all the jackets you need. He just opens up a trench coat. Like instead of watches, it's just like, <laughs> and it's, and it's just watches of denim. He's like, I got what you need in my house. What you need? What you need? We got a quick like little scene of like Caitlyn and Susie like telling him a dumb, not <sighs> a joke, and he's not amused. And they take it as like, oh, he's just pressed. I'm like, no, your jokes are shit. <laughs> and also, like, anytime someone's like, you want to hear a joke? No. I'm like, nope. Never. Get away from me. It's oh, and it's also always like an uncle. It's never like a, Ugh. I don't expect a, a 12-year-old girl to be like, want to hear a joke? I expect like my uncle to be like, hey, I got one for you. And I'm like, no, please don't. I don't want it. <laughs> just keep it. <laughs> you you just keep that right there? Save it. Save it. Save it for a rainy day. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna back out this room real quick. Yeah, my dad does that. I'm just like, oh, I got one. I'm like, I don't want dad, it. Just please don't tell me that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So then they end up going to Rick's house though. Yeah, he's like, come by my house later. I'll show you the jacket. He's like, I got a good one for you. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> he just was, he just saw, he, he's like a mo- like a mobster. <laughs> no, he he was just like, oh, like yeah, I have some ones at my house. You can look at, you can see if you like them and want to buy it. Yeah, and um, so Rick doesn't have a mom. No, which he says, which is really because Joey's like, oh, your mom must be pretty cool, I guess, because like, the place is messy, yeah. and he's like, I don't have one, and I'm just like, God, Joey, shut up, like. This kid is going through that was stuff. So sad. I feel like there's so many sad situations that can be like like an ex- an explanation for why the mom isn't there. She could be dead. She could be sick in the hospital. She could she could be a victim of the. She dad could be a victim of the left. dad. And but the fact that he's just like she, I don't have a mom. Like that was like oh, that was so that was really really sad. The wording of it is sad yeah. because when you're used to someone saying, "Oh, my mom passed away," yeah. when you say, "I don't have a mom," it sounds like it's more than just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, she died." It sounds like she's she left, like she dipped out, like she doesn't, she's not. Around. Yeah, that he's trying. Yeah. Ugh. And also, like, he mentions Frank because the jacket belonged to Frank. I guess Frank is Frank is Rick's de- brother. Older brother. I'm assuming that Frank also is a victim of this yeah. dad and fucking peaced out when he could. When he turned 18 yeah. or whatever and was like, I'm not staying here anymore. And he left. Because dad's a piece of shit. And of course, yeah, Rick can't leave at that point because he's still underage. I know, but it's also like, it's just like a hard situation because I don't know. Like, I understand what Frank did. If that's the case, he left because he's being abused. But it's also like, but your brother is still there. Like, it's like, like yeah. <laughs> I get you have to do what you have to do for yourself, but I think for me, I don't have a younger sibling, but I think if I did, 
I have an older sister. I think if that was a situation I think my sister would try. But it's also the legal situation, yeah. right? Like, you can't just take someone else's child. Yeah. But, like, it is the reality of just, like, damn. Like, his brother had to leave because his dad is awful. But then, like, Rick is the one. and Which also the implication if the mother left, too. And she didn't die, but she left. Then Frank also left. And then Rick literally is just there. Yeah. And taking it all himself. It's just like, ugh, this poor freaking thing. And I kid. also thought kind of, I was like, okay, well, maybe, spoiler alert, we'll get to the end of the episode. But in my mind, I was kind of like, well, maybe Frank, like, was, like, was leaving, like, left. And then he maybe suggested, like, okay, like, we're leaving. Or Frank was like, hey, Rick, we're leaving. Like, we're getting out of this mm-hmm. shithole of a house. Like, we're leaving. And then maybe Rick was like, no, I'm staying with dad. That's possible, too. And then finally, like, finally Rick, you know, eventually came around and was like, oh, I need to get out of this. But so that might have been it, too. But again, they don't give us enough information, so we can't make a complete decision. But that's likely, though, because my sister used to work or she does still work with like troubled, like, like children, but especially like she worked with kids with abuse. And like it is wildly common and so awful of kids who have been abused, like sexual, physical, like they be terribly abused with their parents and they always want to go back to no, their parents. They almost always are like I want to go home even though it's like really you should not be there like your parent is not good to you they're not a good parent but a lot of times kids do are like I'm not leaving I want to stay here and so it's that actually is probably the most likely scenario is that Frank left and Rick said he would stay because you know a lot of times you think oh maybe I'm doing something wrong I can just be better and Mm -hmm. they'll stop doing this but uh, yeah yeah man so then it gets even worse because then dad shows up and i'm just like oh my god like uh this piece of shit like someone needs to push him like off a cliff yes and then run over him with a car yes and then run over his his uh mullet (laughs) his mullet and just (laughs) terrible torture yes all of those things yes he's so terrible because he comes home and he's in a pissy mood because he's always in a pissy mood this okay this is kind of random yeah. though because um i was watching the episode on youtube also by the way episodes of degrassi junior high and high are now available on prime video <laughs> they're they're not just on youtube so listener if you want to like follow along if you have prime like check it out i wish i had a promo code we do not have ads or any sort of <laughs> clouds but if you have prime watch yeah. it there as well because it's better quality but i was kind of scrolling through the comments of the episode and someone had mentioned like craig who's also like a hottie yeah. and um, next generation but who also had an abusive father and someone asked like whose dad is worse craig's dad or rick's dad and i'm like i don't fucking know. like they're both i mean terrible. they're both terrible i think at least in next generation when craig when craig's dad i think they kind of went more into it in next generation with the mm-hmm. episode with craig and his dad because there's several episodes where we get yeah. to see craig and his craig dad. um i think was very different obviously i feel like rick rick's character split into both sean and craig and next generation mm-hmm. and sean was kind of like the the troubled youth like misguided kind of delinquent yeah delinquent whereas like craig was a very popular like happy-go-lucky kid in school um but was going through these terrible things at home um Mm -hmm. but i thought in in his episode with craig his dad they showcased a lot about how much he would be terrible one second and then the next thing would be so loving and so like caring and buying him all the stuff and kind of like this back and forth um which I mean, I feel like to some extent that they kind of showed that with, with Rick's dad as well, kind of like after the abuse, he would kind of come apologize and try to make up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just, that's just 
that is torture like to to do that to a child like and it's someone at that age in their mind like that is that is some of the worst things that anyone could ever do that kind of like back and forth as a parent Mm -hmm. as a parent which is terrible which i agree with so i feel like one obviously next generation like you said delves more into it so it's more realistic because you get a a full backstory also later on we find out craig's diagnosis Mm -hmm. as a bipolar we start to think oh maybe the dad also had mental health problems like it makes more sense but i think that like craig's dad is i feel like worse because like you said of the cycle of like the abuse and then like being it almost has made him like more psychotic because like you're so sweet sometimes and then just kind of like downhill awful abuse and then just like it's it's a cycle of abuse was it the heckle Mr. Jide or... Oh, the d- Dr. Heckle... <laughs> Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Dr. Heckle, Mr. Jide. <laughs> you could be easy for a second. But like, yeah, it's... But it's accurate to the cycle. It's like the person, you know, gets triggered. They abuse the yeah. other person. If it's not just a child, but also a partner. And then you go through the honeymoon phase. Of like, oh, I'm sorry. And trying to make things mm-hmm. better. And they do it again. It's always a cycle. But I feel like it's just like, uh, it's the same. And just like, I mean, either way, either way it's the same. It's a two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. of just like you're not you should not be a parent and just abuse and when rick's dad gets home of course he's upset because he sees that rick gave joey joey a soda and that's the trigger but again i feel like i don't rick just had to exist honestly like it's he doesn't it doesn't matter what the kid does it's like he would just beat him because he's terrible like (laughs) it was very interesting that scene like joey i mean joey kind of sucks in this episode he he tries his best but i think i think he joey definitely had like an awakening in this episode of like holy shit like i like i used to think what was me like my life is so hard but i don't have anything going on in my life as the Mm -hmm. kind of situation was unfolding and rick is just kind of like like as soon as rick's dad gets home rick is like joey you need to leave like you should go home and joey's like what like he didn't he didn't fully understand like what was going Mm -hmm. down because again like a child doesn't think that a parent could do that you know right i don't think if i was about that age i don't know what i would have exactly. done if i had been at a friend's house and their parent just started like to wail on them i would not know what yeah. i would do like i would just run out i would just leave yeah. i don't know I, I i don't know like <laughs> yeah honestly as an adult i feel like aside from calling the police i don't know what i can exactly. do because like i can't get in the middle of I, I don't know like it's ugh. like joey's face in the entire scene was just kind of like like jaw open like oh my gosh like this is this is really happening like holy crap holy crap holy crap it's just like so that kind of stuff is really upsetting like really gets under my skin because it's like you were a grown-ass man and you're like fighting you're fighting a child like he's a people which fighting in general is just not cute but like like clothes like you're like literally just like squaring up like being like like you're fighting someone off the street like it's your kid it's your child but also just a child yeah. like it's like the worst kind of human kind of un- it's an unfair fight like come on i don't know it's ugh. we see rick and he cries himself to sleep and of course we hear his dad apologizing yeah. also fuck his oh his dad is a piece of shit i hate him not to spoil it is there an episode where rick's dad dies <laughs> is that in their near future i don't think there is I think that's that's why that's why I love about TV shows because I'm like obviously like human life in real life is human lives in real lives even for like the shittiest human is just like it's still a human life. Mm-hmm. I try to rationalize that, but it's hard. I mean, but even when Craig's dad dies, he mourns. Yeah, him exactly. Bitterly, even though despite how awful of a father he was, like he still mourns him. It's still his father. It's still like it's complicated. It's never as simple as just like you were bad to me, so I don't give a fuck. It's like usually like you know it's complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah. The story of abuse. Ugh. <laughs> gosh. Makes me like call my parents and be like, "Thanks for not being awful." Yeah. Well, the next day was picture day. <laughs> <laughs> 
just like, well, it's photo day. Photo day. Oh, yeah. Because we're in Canada. We're in Canada, so it's photo oh, day. Oh, Canada. My home and native land. I learned that on the clarinet. The stark contrast. Both, both Sneak and I played the clarinet as children, but Sneak continued playing the clarinet. I did not because I hated practicing. I played for like six years. First chair clarinet. I'm basically uh, Kenny G. Kenny Jean actually doesn't play a clarinet. Yes, he does. That's a saxophone. He plays like multiple instruments. He definitely plays the clarinet. Yeah, well, I think he's known for playing for is actually a saxophone. It's like um, what I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the one of the, the little same. ones. No, that's a big one. You know, you know I don't know these instruments. <laughs> Sorry, I'm about to be like a, a total like nerd. I'm looking it up. Alto. It's an alto uh, saxophone. It's like the really small one that looks like a clarinet, but it's a saxophone. Well, to all us non-musical people, it's a clarinet with a weird looking top. So it's a weird gold clarinet. <laughs> I see. I, in my mind, I was like, "He's Kenny G. He's fancy as shit. He just has the money to buy a, a gold clarinet." I don't know. I just figure like I can't. I can't name a f- a famous like clarinet player. The best I could do is imagine like you know Rapsy and Blue, that song. Oh, I thought you were saying no. I thought you were saying a group, and it's, I didn't it's, know. No, it's Gershwin. It's like i could do the whole i, I would do the whole thing <laughs> okay real talk i still don't know the song that you're talking about <laughs> okay do you know oh god i'm so fucking nerd do you know fantasia 2000 oh gosh, that was the most disappointing movie of my life i thought it was gonna be so fun because it was like 2000 new millennium and it was just music and cartoons there was no speaking <laughs> It was so disappointing. Okay, I love Fantasia because I was a band geek, so I love Fantasia. But Fantasia, there's, you know, the scene where they're in New York City and there's a bellhop. I didn't watching it. Oh, fuck you. Well, <laughs> I was going to make a, a joke about famous clarinet players. The guy who does the opening on the clarinet, that's the most famous clarinet player. You ruined the joke, Lauren. Gosh. I'm just going to pack up and leave <laughs> so it's photo day okay all right it's photo it's day photo and day. listen there's no fucking way that photographer is getting any pictures because those kids are going so fast in every movie ever like in tv show it's like photo day or picture day is always so fast but i remember photo day and picture day took forever they'd be like tilt your head 90 degrees this and way. they would like they would uh, and they like push you and like turn your they turn your body one way and then turn your like, top of your body the other way who was the famous photographer that started this like this strategy because it's it's so it's so unrealistic like no one stands like that carl van Vechten. my favorite photo days were the ones do you remember those ones where like they got in like the fancy photographer where your parents could buy prints that weren't in the yearbook and it'd be like like a, a fake stone wall and like a forest in the background and you would like you would like place your hands on the wall and like put your head down oh those are like the spring yes. photos I, I did that one time and like okay can i tell you a story about like a picture day that stood in my head since i was like for the past like over 20 years yes so this is why like it's why feminism is important mm. because this picture day kind of made me a feminist at the tender age of four um, 
I'll never, I'll never forget this. So I was like four years old in school and we had picture day. And um, there were two options for the photo. It was like, you could do like, you were taking a picture with a, a fishing pole or like a thing of like a, a, a basket of flowers, mm-hmm. right? So I was under the impression, I'm pretty sure I was told that I could choose. Get in line, there was the fishing pole line there was the flowers line. I got a fishing pole line. Well, I was also just thinking like, well, I don't really like, like flowers that much. I was like, oh, a fishing pole is kind of cool. Like I just like, oh, I'm going to stand in this line. I stood in the line. I'll never forget. I was the only girl in the line. So I was, re- I was kind of like a revolutionary. Like don't like flood my DMs or anything, but I was revolutionary. I mean, like I was Joan of Arc. I was like Sojourner Truth. I was a Gloria Steinem. I was like all the feminist icons you can think of. I was that. So I was standing there and like the teacher was like, oh, um, Sonique. You know, all the girls are standing in the flower aisle, like line. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I want to I want to do like the fishing pole. And she was like, no, like you need to do the flowers. <sighs> and I remember like that picture. My mom still has it. It's me with the pictures, like the fucking flowers with like the fakest smile. I was so pissed because I wanted a picture with a fishing pole. And at four, to remember that at four years old is a lot. To remember that and I'm t- 23 years later, I'm like, I I'll never forget. Yeah. Like, it actually was impactful because I was like, what the fuck? Like, I can't take a picture with a thing I want. I don't want to be part of the society anymore if that's the case. <laughs> that's so pre-feminist. It's pre-feminist because it was. Also, like, it was the 90s too. So we were like full on third wave feminist riot girl. Thank you. Like, you should have been on board, bitch. Like, come on. Like, don't like... Let me get on stage and do like a punk performance. <laughs> Don't before. make me step on stage. Don't make me sing Rebel Girl right now, <laughs> you bitch. Like, that's not feminist. You not nice lady. <laughs> so that was my story. That's I'm sticking to it. Listen, I'm proud of you. But I but you shouldn't be because I still took the picture okay, of the fucking Sinique, flowers. I think we could let it go because you were four years old. <laughs> I think we could let it go. I should have had a sit in. Like, fuck you. I'm gonna take a picture of my fucking. Come on, guys. Let's join hands. Let's take down the patriarchy now like that was you fuck the patriarchy hey hey ho ho these gender norms have got to go hey hey ho ho these gender norms have got to go that would have been my fucking like and just you like drop kick the the basket of flowers i would have punted it like three feet because i'm four years old and i can't i can't really like kick anything far because i'm four i had little legs uh okay so we're at photo day it's so hard to get back into this episode. I'm like, let's just stay happy. Okay, honestly, like, we have so much more. The Degrassi, like, mythos. <laughs> we have so many more fucked up episodes. So, like, we have to get ready. The The rest of the episode is on the up and up. So, I think we're okay. You're right. Um, Melanie has a zit. Who cares? Melanie, like, <laughs> is, again, I swear she's on drugs. Like, she is just like... <laughs> I know she like fakes she had drugs last episode, but I think she's on drugs because she's like, <laughs> she found like them. she's just like oh my gosh is it like and she's just like jittery like frantically left right oh, she's left she's right left right suited as fuck she's so high I'd be less concerned about the bullshit zit and more concerned about that mushroom haircut she got on her head. That's definitely a had that haircut in first grade, and it was like <laughs> the curling iron bangs, like cylindrical bangs, and then like stiff the like the bob cut where it's just like oop, like the curling <laughs> just goes right under, <laughs> right at the chin. Your hair actually makes that noise, like <laughs> yes. just like <laughs> hey guys, am I an oompa Who knows? But this is the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, picture day. So they're going through a line. Or we can buy, we can skip. Yeah, Rick yeah, goes right through, now. and it's a very kind of like sober moment where the guy, the picture guy, is like smile, and he tries to adjust him so that you can't really see his bruised eye as much. He did take some more time with Rick. Mm. You know, I, I didn't. 
I didn't catch he, that. Like he did the normal thing that he that we experience as children, where it's just like they're adjusting your shoulders, adjusting your head placement, kind of like hide his shiner. But it was very again like why did no one? I guess most of them he just thought they thought that he got in fights all the time and not that his dad was abusing. But Joey knew. Yep, and Joey talks to Rick, and he kind of like tries to offer Rick his support. Yeah. Hey, like you want to talk about it, and Rick is just. He's not yeah. ready to talk about it. He's really defensive, but really just is not ready yeah. to do it. And I'll give I'll give Joy that. Like he, I mean that that was a little a very hard thing to witness as a young person, just kind of like. Oh, yeah. So I give props for Joey to like at least offer to talk about something. Like that's that's something you know. Yeah, it actually shows a level of maturity for Joey to like see that like we I feel like we need to talk about this thing that happened. Yeah that i witness and of course we see caitlin and susie again with like fucking pig masks like girls ladies stop it it's not funny they you're not being funny and like even to like a normal person that wasn't going through what rick was going through that wouldn't be funny no one would laugh at that no i'd be like what's wrong with you but it's funny because when that happens um we see two other characters like witness it and they're just kind of like not smiling either because it's like, like who was it what like i think it was shane mckay who will play a bigger role later and this other guy with glass i don't know his name we all see we okay wheels is like creepily like watching through a window <laughs> <laughs> it's very quick but you see wheels just like smiling in the background i was like what the fuck he definitely didn't know he was in the camera shot i don't think he did i was like i don't think they can do like also i love that they just didn't do another shot like can do another take maybe like um joey tries to talk to rick he's like um, he, rick is not having it he kind of like carries on and then um Susie and caitlin try to make him laugh and he's like fuck you with his eyes <laughs> and just kind of carries on and then did i guess joey got in trouble again or something yeah he was talking during radish's class but he was talking to his like unnamed black right. friend <laughs> I'll call him Darian. Ooh, that's a good one. Again, I'm a fan of the Derek, the Darian, but I like Darian better. How do you feel about Damien's? I instantly think of a devil. <laughs> it's my Christian upbringing. <laughs> that name has been, that name's been ruined by the omen. Damien, which otherwise Damien, I think is a cute name, but you hear like Damien and you're just like, oh, like you're Satan. So Joey gets in trouble and that's why he ends up going to the principal for the second time and talking to mm-hmm. the secretary. The wholesome secretary. Doris, Doris Yes. Doris. <laughs> that's such a secretary name. Doris. Also, that's my grandmother's name, I think. You think? You don't You don't call your grandma by her first name, so you're like, what's her name again? Well, yeah, I don't, but like... I think... No, it's it's Doris. Doris Charlotte, I think. But she goes by Charlotte. I don't have any grandmas. I got one left. Not anymore. Yeah. My grandma, the one like I was really close to, was Edith. She was Edith. She was the best. She's so cute. I call her Nana. And Edith is such like a good like grandma named Edith. That's why I think like I think my my grandma she doesn't go by Doris. She goes by Charlotte. But Charlotte's her middle name. Yeah, Charlotte's a pretty. That's so the first name. time I saw it, I was like, "Who's Doris?" <laughs> like, she was like, that was my name in French class. I was I was, I was Charlotte. My um, Spanish name was Margarita. <laughs> Snake just tried to take a sip of beer and almost did a spit take. <laughs> it was margarita but again that wasn't like i just thought it sounded cool do you know what do you know what a margarita no i didn't i had no like i think in my mind i was like oh it's a but i didn't no i didn't really because i remember my name i was about to introduce myself my name is lauren hi i'm lauren (laughs) but i remember there was a girl there was a girl in her class and her name was lorena so there was already a lorena in our class so i couldn't 
also have a I could my name couldn't be Lorena. You couldn't be you could be Lorena. Yeah, because she was already Lorena. Yeah. So I chose Margarita because it sounded it just like rolls off the tongue. <laughs> but again, I'm not saying it like a very like I can't I can't say it cool. I just I'm just like Margarita. Margarita. Oh, man. It was like one of like the 20 names that we could choose out of our textbook. And I was like, that seems cool. Yeah, I was Charlotte. And then at one point I was Cecile. My mom's name is Cecilia. It is. I think it's a cute, I think it's a pretty name. My sister has one of her best friends' names is Cecily. I think it's all like really pretty. Like Cecilia, Cecily, Celia. I think are all like very like pretty names. Like mm. very like whimsical. Like mm, she's just like, she's just living, she's like just living her life. Just kind of like. Mm. Uh, Cecilia or Cecily. These are women just like strolling down a beautiful day in France with the Eiffel Tower in the background. Just like skipping down the street with bags from. Like swinging her purses and her bags. Just like, I have no cares in the world. My name is. Cecily. (laughs) That's her. He gives a hypothetical theory about like, what if I have a friend who like was being abused to Doris Bell? She sees right through it. She like, yeah, because any any adult, if a kid comes like, I have a friend, you're like, so you, it's you. (laughs) It's always you. It's not anyone, you know, friends, it's you. And she's like, um, and also it doesn't help that Joey's banged up. Like he's banged the fuck up. So she's like, she calls children's aid. Like she does her six year old like uh Department of Family Services. DFS. Yeah. DFS, children's aid, CPS, oh, yeah. you know. All the same. And she calls them. And Doris Bell is a mandated reporter. Hey. And I'm like, good on you. You did your job. Yeah, like uh Rolodex with all the like her Rolodex <laughs> she's like, and she's like, I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let me just That shit went fast. She knew where she was going. Oh, there it is. She's like, I've been waiting to call children's aid. It's my time to shine. And she calls them. She's like from America. She's like, back back in, uh, where is she from? New Jersey, probably. So I'm like, she's from Newark. And she's like, uh, you know the number of times I had to call children's aid? Like, she's like, uh, God, finally <laughs> called children's aid this place. These fucking nice ass Canadians. I know, right? Right now, there's a raging crack like an epidemic in the U.S. Just like the government planted crack yes. again. <laughs> That's facts, read listener. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's true. If you don't know that already, do some research. Reagan was not your friend. Reagan, we as we've mentioned, the Reagan years were trash. I wasn't even born yet, mm. but like I think it's why I'm so stressed out. Yeah. I was born like right after the Reagan years. So I was like oh. once you came out of the womb, like all the kind of like oppression just sat on you. Yeah, I was born and I was like, Ugh, trickle down economics. What is that? That's bullshit. I was like an eight month old. I was like, that doesn't work. Cuckoo gaga, trickle down economics is a lie. <laughs> okay, so. Um, <laughs> Doris. Doris from Newark. Doris from Newark calls children's aid. And that's what the last like scene we see from her. Yeah, the next scene was Rick is saying like Joey, because Joey only paid him $10 for the jacket. But Rick was like, you mm-hmm. owe me 15 So he's like, come to my house. I'll give you the extra five. So they show up at Joey's right. house and his parents are sat down on the couch with this cool looking motherfucker sitting on the couch that rides a motorcycle working for CPS. And I'm like, motorcycle he has kind of like a flock of seagulls haircut going or kind of a duran duran and i was like can you take me away from my parents (laughs) (laughs) can i stay with you (laughs) he's like wearing like he's doing a classic like 80s like casual leather jacket Mm. with a tie and i'm like "Hmm, that's a look like yes. that. <laughs> and he's just like way too cool to be working for a government agency like that. But that's why he needs to work there because he is just like so chill. Also, Joey's parents were like very chill, like had tea out and just like, yes, no, we are not abusive to Joey. <laughs> because I'm thinking about my, my mom. I, my mom would have been freaking out. And like my mom's also just like always on 10, like 
right now. I don't even know where she is right now. I bet she's on 10 right now. But she's always on 10. I feel like if CPS showed up at the house, and it could be because she's also an immigrant, so she's just terrified of any federal agency. Yeah, my, my mom's like an immigrant. She's also a black woman. She's also African. She has an accent. She, I think she'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like praying to Jesus. Like, hey, oh God, they can't do much room. She's she like fucking like praying. She'd be like hype because like the kids are being taken mm-hmm. away. She would, she would be like, she would not be like, hey, have some tea. Yeah. Let's talk. Like it would have been a whole thing. But he's like super cool and, you know, um, good at his job because mm-hmm. he's just asking Joey questions and like the parents try to interject and like, we've never hit our son. And he's like, I want to hear from Joey. I want to hear Thank your son. You. He's I'm doing like, such yeah, a good, good job. For you. Good for you. He's good at his job. Mm-hmm. But Rick gets nervous. Mm-hmm. He like heard what, what are they called in Canada? Not CPS, but the child. Children. Yeah. So he heard day. that and he was on, he knew like he knew right away because he got freaked out because he, he it's probably been threatened before. Yeah, he's freaking out and like, but then the social worker can notices him. He's like, "Oh, it's you!" Like he gets like, "Oh, you're the one who's being abused." Because they both have black eyes. Also, the children's the social worker starts to like speak in code, kind of like if you but your friend should definitely get help. Like he's like definitely like no, it's you're obviously like the one that's being abused. And it's interesting because I feel like this is a thing uh-huh. with kids in general, not kids who are abused, abused specifically. I think as kids we try to like pretend like. Nothing's wrong here. It's like adults yeah. can always tell like something's going on. Like I can tell something's going on with you. Like you're not a good liar. Like obviously you're you 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 run out the house suddenly. Like it's you <laughs> you are the one being abused. Yeah. Like, chill. Like you're so obviously you know being abused. But he talks to Rick, and Rick sounds seems like he's listening. Well, I think they they met on the common ground. You know the, the social worker has he rides motorbike motor motor motorbikes motorcycles. <laughs> Motorbikes. <laughs> motorcycles and you know i think oh, he probably reminds me he probably reminds rick of his older brother frank you know yes and, yes and he, yes yes like i think but he kind of he comes from it like very defensive of like you know which probably comes from his dad and from being of lower um economic status you know you don't you don't trust the man you don't trust the 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 government and everything you know like they're out to get you trust you don't trust men in ties exactly and so i think he was just very apprehensive but at the same time like he knew (laughs) guess he was reading the episode he knew (laughs) that that he (laughs) needed he needed help like he i think he knew that like things were bad but at the same time like this was he kind of started to see his way out but at the same time that's scary you know so yeah. i think but i think they met a crap common ground and and just like was like hey you know what i'm just here to talk classic mm-hmm. first words classic like child therapist social worker like i just want to talk like let's just talk but it works it's effective uh rick is like <laughs> i wrote down he's like do you get a bonus for every kid you bag <laughs> too i was like damn this kid like one-liner come on now i mean it's also pretty it's, i have to give it to him it's pretty clever for a kid to be like oh you get a bonus for every kid you take away from their family it's just like <laughs> jesus like no one i don't get paid a lot i don't get paid very much at all yeah one jokes on you because i'm living a tech to paycheck sir doesn't you because i live like with seven roommates so i'm actually on the real world right now <laughs> luckily i'm in canada with free health care but life ain't easy you know life ain't easy up in the great white north and then he just like speeds off on his motorbike like vroom, <laughs> but he goes really slowly because you have much much gas in his thing he's just kind of like kind of sputters like <laughs> as he goes down the road. We have to 
find the humor in something, we, guys. We like stuff. this is a a bleak ass episode, and there's there's not even so many more. Yeah, but um, we get back to school, and okay, so this is like I this is the one thing I hate about shows like this. It wraps up too perfectly. It wraps up so perfectly and fast, and I think it's what Next Generation did better. Yeah. Early seasons of Next Generation were still like 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 yeah. this. Later on, you get more of a story arc mm-hmm. of like someone's dealing with a thing. We see several episodes later. Oh, they're they're doing better, and this is literally like it seemed like it felt like it was the next day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm living with my brother now. Like what? Yeah, it was like the the reality of the aftermath of these kind of situations. It's not mm-hmm. accurately portrayed, which you know, it's not. I think, but I think to think back, I'm like, okay, as a kid. Like, as a young, as the people, the audience of this show, I'm like, okay, they need to, like, for them to see, they need to see the light at the end of the tunnel to, like, be, like, at least learn from it, maybe. But at the same time, I'm like, I need more. I need more realism. Come on now. Yeah, I want to see, like, the long-term effects of, and it's interesting because, um, so Degrassi Junior High. Sorry, like, I'm oh, sorry, excuse me. Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High are like, the very early prototypes of the teen drama. Yes. If not for Degrassi Junior High and High, we wouldn't have 90210. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't then have even some of the more like weird, like the My So Called Life. So you wouldn't have had Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. The weirder ones like Buffy still falls into that. We wouldn't have had Degrassi. We wouldn't have had One Tree Hill. OC. Basically, literally every teen show you see. Degrassi is the reason why they all exist. Like it, they all set the stones for it, and it's like I guess you kind of see the evolution of it because in, of course, Degrassi, like it, it gets wrapped up very quickly. And in earlier, like I think, teen shows in the late eighties, early nineties, they kind of have the same problem. Uh-huh. So like nine hundred two one zero does that, and like the earlier like two to three seasons, they do that a lot of like oh problem of the week solved and then later on you see more like a story arc of like oh this is an ongoing issue you see then later on with shows that are a bit more developed like oh so-and-so has an issue you see it over the course of several episodes to a whole season of like resolving it so they get they get better at it so i guess i had to start somewhere yeah but it's just very frustrating because we still grew up in terms of the the storylines we grew up with were later they're in the 2000s that's where true. we're getting better at kind of seeing it. So I guess that's why I'm so frustrated watching it, like watching a show that's earlier where it's like, Ugh, like uh, I've, I'm not feeling fulfilled. I want yeah. a little bit more development and not just like, oh, and in one episode he was beaten by his father and now he's gone. He's He gets to live somewhere else. It's great. It's like, I, yeah. it's not how it works. Yeah. And I think it's that uh, kind of idea of like, I mean, it's a very recent thing, kind of the idea of knowing that young people and teenagers like can think like adults and have like and can process things like adults Mm -hmm. like i think that's a very new realization and obviously that's a new realization and then it takes you know 10 to 15 years later for media to catch up (laughs) to catch up i think now i think like showrunners and writers producers are becoming a lot more like you said like aware of the fact that teenagers are a bit more savvy and that you can't just like spoon feed them yeah simple plot lines they want something that's a bit more because i think we are just part partially because i think teens today like they're so much more connected they just are aware of more yeah. you can't pull off a sitcom like you know and it's it's funny too because um when i was watching this episode because the whole a lot of the premise of this episode is like oh someone's being abused and they're hiding it from a friend or from like everyone else i wrote down like boy meets world and full house were two other shows i remembered that did the same thing like where mm-hmm. we had a story where, like someone finds out that a friend's being abused 
And then the whole episode is them trying to help them. If Boy Meets World, it was Sean, right? Yeah, Sean. Remember, he's keeping that girl at his house. And like, yes. she, like uh, Corey thinks he like he's sleeping with her. But actually, it's like her dad beats – her father beats her. And he like, yeah. keeps her there. In Full House, I think like Stephanie met a boy. I think I think the big reveal in it, which is actually really sad. Stephanie gets in trouble while the friend's there. And he's like, oh, you're going to get it, aren't you? And he yeah. assumes that like it's normal. Like, oh, your dad's going to beat your ass. And he's like – she's like, no. And he's like, oh, like, yeah, that happens to me all the time. It was very, like, shitty, but, like, you know, like, it's it's a very common trope of, like, kid gets abused at home, has to hide it, but then gets help eventually. Every sitcom had that one special episode, like, that one friend. We never see them again. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, Rick is actually a character we do see again. But I thought I thought it was very sweet, um, like the the classic like sitcom wrap up ep- um scene where it's just like Rick finally, you know, Rick finally was had a smile on his face or looked yeah. looked positive, and he's like, yeah, like he's talking to Joey, like yeah, I'm gonna go stay with my brother now, and, and Joey's like, that's great, man. And then did you hear when Rick calls him? Yeah, man, I'll see you later, buddy. And then Joey like basically just had an orgasm in his pants. <laughs> Like so Joey came in his pants. Like he's like, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a show of friendship. I think. Have you ever been? Sorry, I feel like this episode is like running very long, but I feel like there's so many yeah. topics that yeah, are yeah. in this episode that I think necessary to cover. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a friend who was in trouble and you had to like tell somebody about them? Um, I was thinking about that, and I don't, I don't think I have been or even like that's what was kind of scary. I was like, I don't think I have been, and then part of me was like. Did I just not know? But like out of like, I mean, I at that age, no, like I don't, I don't think I had or nothing was voiced to me, I think. Or like I saw, I definitely didn't see anything that I like in retrospect would be like, oh, that's bad. But no. What about you? I did. Um, I won't go into details about it, but no. I do know there was, I had to have a friend who was going through some stuff and I did, I did speak up to like a teacher about it. Oh, that's really good. Which I mean was hard because yeah. at the time um, I felt like I was sworn to secrecy, secrecy, and I went to like my mom to be like, "I need your advice." Yeah, it's one of those one of those one moments I remember being a teenager and like, "Mom, I need your advice." Like, yeah, I need you to help because I I literally don't know what to do, and I think I think I did the right thing. To this day, I think I did the right thing. Oh yeah, that this person needed help, and I told someone, and I mean they weren't thrilled. Yeah, but I think my thinking was just like, "Hey, I care about this person, and I want to make sure that they're fine." And I think that's one thing that's like, it's like petrifying at a kid that age of like, especially like that kind of idea of like, you can't tell anyone about this. Like, it's a secret. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, s- secrets are currency at that age, you know? Like, yeah. And I was terrified. I, yeah. I, didn't, I, I really like ate at me because I was like, I don't want to be like a snitch. I don't mm-hmm. want to like betray this person's trust in me because I, yeah. you know, I feel like it's, it's just one of those things where like, you know, secrets, as far as, I'm, as, far as I'm concerned, like, but I feel like secrets between friends are important. But I, I also feel like there's like a caveat in that bond and where you have to like accept that if the secret you tell your friend is one that is going to harm you mm. if like the friend is obligated to speak out for you because yeah. if you're not gonna do it then it's kind of like you yeah know, what's gonna what are you gonna do you know yeah i like if you were to say like oh like i you know i was sworn to secrecy and i didn't tell anyone i mean for anyone at a young age like i you can't blame someone at that age like not obviously now we're adults we understand the kind of like magnitude of everything and like like you need to tell someone but i also can't blame anyone that in that kind of position of a young adult or a child like just not saying anything like 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's why I went to an adult to get yeah. advice for it because I was like, I think at a certain point I recognized that I was not equipped mm-hmm. to know what to do. It was, yeah. it was the, I think it's really, it stands out to me, not just because it was impactful for this friendship, but also it stood out to me as being one of those moments where I, as a teenager who thought I knew everything, mm-hmm. recognized I did not know everything. And like, I was like, I really don't know. You had a Joey moment. I, I did. I had a Joey moment. I was like, I, I swear to God, I know everything. I'm just so savvy. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to bring in someone who's been alive longer <laughs> and has experienced more, yeah. who might know, who's lived longer than what, 16 years yeah. to probably tell me what I ought to do because I did not know what to do. And I was like really just in like a pickle. So mm-hmm. I did what I did and you know, eh. It is what it is. I, I think I made the right choice. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's all you can do. Yeah. Life's hard, guys. Mm. And it only gets harder with age. And it only gets harder. For this episode, what do you think the moral of the, or the message that they were trying to send in this episode was? I think that, I think there's like a twofold. One, like empathy. Mm-hmm. Showing empathy to other people and kind of like not making assumptions about what someone's life is like because you just don't know. But also sometimes you have to step up and step in for your friends. Yes. And that if you're someone you know or you care about, sometimes you kind of have to just put yourself out there to make sure that person's fine. And that's like kind of a long-winded like way of saying like, you know, you have to pick and choose your secrets sometimes. Yeah. Because some secrets are not worth keeping. You have to say something about them. So. Yeah, I um I agree. I think is as we kind of got this in this episode of um the kind of perspective of Caitlin and Susie versus the truth of what was going really going on and you really cannot ever make assumptions. I think uh, it, obviously it comes with growing up and kind of learning more about what people are really going through and um and what people's experiences are, but like the rumors and just like the filth that would be spread around schools was Terrible, terrible, terrible. And I hope it's 100%. gotten better, but honestly, it probably hasn't. I doubt it. I doubt it. I feel like that's just human nature, right? I mean, like, the Scarlet Letter is literally written about rumors. And that was, like, how many, like, hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just human nature. Like, some shit's happening. And people are going to run their mouths about it and add the Salem Witch Trials. Like, <laughs> another, like, someone says something and it becomes something else. So it's like. Yeah. I, I wish it would like be different today, but I I feel like it's probably just the same people. Yeah, and now it just happens faster because it's over the air. Because now you have text. It's not just like telephone. Now it's like you know, like the game telephone. Now it's like texting. It's Snapchat. It's you know, like it's so much more that like people. The rumor mill is alive and well. I'm so glad I'm not in school right now. Um, one thing I I thought of when i was editing last week's episode was did you ever watch that show it came on on showtime it was like a documentary series like within the past year it's called america to me no actually i have not really really good i've recommended to anyone i remember to tell but it was about um because i remember last week we were talking about like what is school life really like for kids these days and well there's two shows america to me and then there was another show that was like kind of like an experimental show on a and e and it was basically like people around our age or younger who had finished high school graduated but um kind of went back for this experiment to like go I've back to high school one. 
Because it's similar to almost like 60 Days In, like that uh, prison show. I love that I one. I, I, oh <laughs> that deserves its own podcast because that show is <laughs> wild. But I've never seen, I've never seen this one. Yeah. But that one was, it was very kind of like, I, I think, in, you know, in our minds, we're just like, oh, like I'm older, I'm wiser. Like I understand like how to survive in high school now. But I think when I just watching that, it was very eye-opening of like, holy crap, like the, I guess like <laughs> cyberbullying is a very general term, but just like the level of like rumor spreading and just like communication, like over text, social media, everything is just ridiculous. Like, again, I would not survive in today's high school and middle school. I don't, I think I'm way too sensitive. I know. <sighs> but I'm glad at least that uh, Rick has moved on to his new his brother. He's with Frank. So, Frank, I hope things are going better. I hope his dad, like, dies. <laughs> falls out of flight of stairs. <laughs> He's a shitty person. So who do you think that you were in this episode? Right. Um. Hmm. Well, given the story I told you, I think Joey. Yeah. Minus, I mean, I know. God forbid I said it was Joey. I fucking can't stand him. But like, not in like the parenting, like just personality yeah. stuff, but being in that position, I would say I would, I'm Joey in that. And like not knowing what to do, but then knowing what to do. I think I'm Joey here. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely, you are definitely a Joey today. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about it, but thanks. Where's your fedora? I tip my, just like tip my fedora. <laughs> Ladies. Yeah. How about you? Oh, I... <laughs> I remember I wrote this down when we're watching it. I think I was the unnamed black kid. <laughs> um, who, what do we call him? Direct. Darian. Darian. Because, okay, so I think, obviously, like, I was I was not, like, a, a demon child. Like, I had empathy for people. But I think I wasn't, I was definitely a very naive child. I don't think I was sheltered, but I was sheltered to some extent of, like, knowing, like, what happen to like everyday people and so i think i would have been curious to some extent like if someone were telling me like about something i'd be like what like someone gets hit by their parents like kind of like how he was but then like kind of like as things were kind of being clicked together being like oh so that's why he has bruises that's why it's like this you know but i think that if i had to place myself as someone i think i would be more like him where mm-hmm. i think i was i was just i just think of so back so many situations where i <laughs> i was thinking about the other day of like so many situations where i would just ask the dumbest question to my mom <laughs> like in it in like the wrong time or like at the wrong environment and then she'd be like don't me that right <laughs> like I, I would be the kid that'd be like mom why does he have black all around his eye like why is his dad holding him like that like i would <laughs> oh lord my sweet sweet summer childs <laughs> yeah where like i can like later on i i was just like very naive in that sense where it's just like i was very aware of things but i just like i didn't always understand why until i got a little bit older right I mean, you know, I was very privileged in the sense that I was able to be naive of that, I guess. So mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. That's like privilege in and of itself, like to just not be aware of things. So yeah. I think yeah. I was like that for a lot too. Um, yeah. For sure. For sure. Didn't last for long, but it lasted. Oh, no. Lasted you wise up eventually. But like, as a kid, you definitely like, just like, don't know. Ugh. All right. Well, that was hopefully we, we made it through. Ooh, we made it through that episode. We did. We still have to do our ranking system, though. I know, but at least the ranking is just like we don't have to like you delve know, into the suffer- depression <laughs> of this episode. Okay, so we're gonna start with our Canadianness, our '80s Canadianness. So, did you have any notes from that? We got one broomhead. We got one broomhead. Otherwise, I mean, there was chi- Children's Aid, which is like 
I think Canada's CPS or like DCFS. Yeah. Uh, when Rick when at that Rick's apartment when when they first get there and everything's happy still, um, Rick offers Joey a pop, which for anyone that doesn't live on the East Coast, then that might be normal. Yeah, people say pop here. Yeah, we're not weird like that. <laughs> we call it fucking soda. I mean, okay. I call it soda. Given that, I I actually gave it kind of like a two it wasn't super okay yeah i gave it a three i think because i was writing like other stuff because <laughs> i don't know why i wrote this down because i literally just talked about how joey was rude to his parents but even when he was rude to his parents he was still like kind of polite about it <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't like <laughs> he was like oh mom you cleaned my room but he wasn't like angry he was like it wasn't like hard-hitting angry it was just like a canadian Those anger or, like, like frustration are you serious this is child abuse <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> bad acting though <laughs> yeah but i think it was definitely like for me like it was very low on that spectrum so i gave it a three okay we can give it a three let's give it a two point let's give it 2.5 it wasn't that good you sure okay i thought it was just being too harsh what about the fashion of this episode fashion. um the 80s fashion i don't remember too much too many like big moments i mean i guess joey's jacket and like being really into like distressed yeah. kind of like punky jackets at one point he's wearing a beret which is like, that's interesting. Oh, yes, I wrote that down. His outfit was, he was wearing a beret. That's when he fell on his head and apparently got a cut and a black eye, but whatever. <laughs> and he he got a, he was wearing a beret and then he's wearing like this like muscle tee with like some big graphic and words, but looked like a band t-shirt, but I'm not really sure it what it was. It probably said Frankie Say Relax. <laughs> yes. Remember, remember when those, shir- those shirts came back? They did. And I was like, where do people get those? But they always miss. They always miswrite it because they always say like Frankie says relax. I'm like the original says Frankie say relax. There's no says. It's Frankie say relax. Zanique was just in the corner like like if we if you could actually smoke in school, just be like, no, it's not like <laughs> smite smoking. It's not authentic. <laughs> ash. I just ash my cigarette out on my book. It's like I don't care. <laughs> But yeah, I and he had he had a cut off, he had his muscle tee, his beret, and he had like a like a sweatband. But like you're not exercising. He's he's not. And also it seemed kind of chilly too, so I was like, what are you sweating from? But I, yeah, I think it was definitely like the kind of idea of like he was so frustrated at his mom for cutting up his good jacket and that he couldn't god forbid he wore his new jean jacket like that was not the style like you had to have the old grungy dirty written all over torn jean jackets he'd be a broom head with a new jacket yeah he would hell yeah so then for fashion i think i would give him like a six (gasps) that's what i gave Ah, look at us six uh next we have acting right did it no. No, it was just, just acting. What did you what did you <laughs> what did you say for acting? Um or what did you I think? I feel like I'm all over I feel like I'm all over the place with this. I like will go like like when I was writing this, I like I was feeling good about Joey. How I was like so proud of him that he like he like like really helped his friend out. Like he was just looking out for the good of his friend and he didn't just like 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 pretend like nothing happened like he really was trying to like do something to help him right but so i i I, for some of it i was just like okay well i think joey did a good job of that of i guess acting i don't know but i i mostly i was proud of rick and his acting and and then we talked about how like the the episode's it's just it's not very like a realistic portrayal of like the timeline of things of how quickly these things are resolved Mm -hmm. but i thought it was kind of interesting with rick and he's like yeah i'm going to move with my move in with my brother frank and he like smiled and it just kind of reminded me of like you know what kids really are resilient they can bounce back from things 
or they can see the bright side of things. Mm-hmm. Put them in a put them in a better situation. Give them some some good some good things coming to them that they haven't had, and they can really succeed. You know. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was kind of cool. But again, I don't really know if that was him acting or if just me like thinking, "Wow, look how far he's come." Well, I think that's acting though, because it's like he's able. The actor was able to convey those feelings. This is acting. So. Yeah, but all he really did was smiles. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, so this is what it means. <laughs> <laughs> it was like classic Lauren just like reading into Degrassi episodes. But I thought I thought the acting was good. I mean, like, obviously, it, it was a very tough episode of dealing with tough things. And I felt like I never thought that any because I feel like sometimes with these topics, it can be like the acting can seem corny. Yeah. Or like not. And I I never got that vibe, really. No, with, I, I feel it. that. I feel that. Yeah. So I think that's why I would give the acting maybe a 6.5. I gave it an 8. But that's again where I was like, oh my gosh, Rick, he's doing so great. We can do this. We can give it a seven. Okay, let's give it a seven. Yeah, yeah we can compromise. I think I'm being too harsh. I know. I, I keep on thinking, like, okay, they didn't have to cry. Like, they're like, you know, there wasn't like a close up shot of like their eyes welling with <laughs> like tears. A you know, tear. <laughs> glory tear. Yeah. So yeah, I would get. Yeah, probably seven is more realistic of what we're going for. All right. So what's the next? The next category is what? The plot. Did it? go there Mm, so this is our first episode so far we've seen a class election we've seen a weird experiment about with kind of drugs but not really drugs but then also like grades and then we saw a dance with people drinking which was i think second episode this is our first time we saw something that actually had stakes so i Mm -hmm. gave it an eight yeah i gave it 8.5 yes we give it 8.5. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely, like... It went there. We were doing a, a serious topic, which was, like, you know... We struggled talking about it, so... That's telling. <laughs> this episode is probably going to be so long, listener, because we we filled it with so many other non, like, <laughs> episode things because it was sad, and I, you know... I know, it was heavy. I can't make jokes about a kid getting hit. It's just not funny. Yeah, you can't. You can't joke about it. So, when we tally that all up... That is 24. 24 Trapper Keepers. 24 Trapper This episode right now, um, the the cover-up is in second place. So we have episode number two, which was the big dance. That's number one. Um, for That's number one. Number two right now is the cover-up. Number three is Kiss Me Stiff. And still in last place is <laughs> the experiment. <laughs> But uh, we are we're on a roll now. Like we are starting, we're finally digging our heels into Degrassi and some heavier topics. I know it. It was sad, but I'm like, ah, yes. Like it's always it's it's exciting when you're like you, you, each new ex, like uh, what the heck am I trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> with with each kind of like deeper topic, you kind of you get to know the characters more deeply, and then you fall in love with them more. So that's true. That's very true. I'm I'm beginning like, to soften yeah. up to Joey a little bit. I mean, you are Joey, so I hate us. I hate I hate <laughs> I hate Joey and also me, Joey. <laughs> As always, we got to plug mm. um our podcast on the socials. That's what the kids are doing today. Um, of course, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Everybody WS Pod. We are also on Instagram at everybody underscore wants underscore something pod. And you can follow me, Sneak 
Hi. On Instagram at S-E-Y underscore S-M-Y-T-H-E. That's say underscore smite. And you can also follow me on Instagram. You can find me at Lawrence China Life on Instagram. Be sure to friend Sneak and I. We're cool. We're fun. We like to talk with you guys. Um, but yeah, and of course, as always, if you want to follow us along, as Sleek has mentioned, you can watch all of Degrassi, Junior High, and Next Generation. Um, you can on what's what's on Amazon Prime. Prime now. has Junior High and High, and uh, we also not we YouTube also has <laughs> um all of the episodes as well. Be sure to watch along with us and give us your comments and what you think. Yeah. Be sure to, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, which is what I hope you're doing, or iTunes, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. I hope it's a positive one. If it's not, then fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off, you broomhead. (laughs) So, and episodes will be posted weekly on Fridays. So be sure to look out um, on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts, but specifically those two places. (laughs) (laughs) On Fridays, because that's where we'll be uploading our episodes. And you can listen to them, because we're fun. We have a good time here. T-G-I-F. Yeah, that. Except it's not America Broadcast Company, it's Canada. But same thing. Who cares? It's our broadcast company. Yeah. We're independent. Okay. <laughs> My mom's home, everybody. <laughs> you didn't hear that. <laughs> Say hi to Lauren's mom. Cecilia, Cecilia Hamilton is home. Thanks for listening. And we will chat with you later. See you later, broomheads. Bye, broomheads. Bye. Bye.